Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. This is always that grind week, six straight days. You don't have a, a game at the end of it, so we, we just got to keep pushing. And this is a week where you got to get some conditioning in and make sure you're ready when you start those preseason games next week. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Game Takeoff 2022 with Arizona Sports Saturday. I still haven't seen this movie. The new Top Gun movie is fantastic, and if you haven't seen it, you should see it. That is your endorsement from myself, Mitch Vareldis, telling you, (laughs) Cody Fincher... To get my butt in the seat of a movie theater and see Top Gun. And you should see it after the red and white practice, if you're already going to the red and white practice, because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, if you were hoping to go and you didn't get tickets... You can't. It is sold <laughs> Sorry. out. And it's I, not our fault. Don't hate us. And I tell you what's going to make it even better for this sold-out crowd today is what you and I, Cody Fincher, are witnessing down on the field right now, and that is the quarterback for your Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, is getting stretched and warm up prior to today's practice. I, I, wonder, I wonder how much he's going to be able to... Um, actually practice today. I mean, he's he's missed a whole week, right? So I wonder how. I mean, you ha- you have to get him some reps, right? He's so, probably going to get some work today. So if I'm not mistaken, he did not practice previously on Saturday. He was calling plays, if I recall correctly. I don't yeah, think he was practicing. Oh was there gosh. that whole Cliff Kingsbury thing where he said, "What did he?" You have I don't know if you have the cut right there, but buy me some time and I'll look for it. It was like. He was having Kyler call the plays through the microphone. It, the way Cliff said it, it sounded like Kyler like was getting frustrated with it, or yeah, all or right, whatever it was. It. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Yeah, I just want to know that hey, easy, you know. <laughs> like every now and then, he starts shaking his head when I'm calling in there. I'm like, all right, well, go ahead, big dog, you know. Um, no, I think anytime we keep him involved, and he was coaching him up like right to the last second, like while they're trying to throw, he'd be saying stuff. So uh, probably won't do that again. So was that just like Cliff trying to show Kyler, hey, calling this, these plays is hard? Yeah, man. and he was asked in a follow up if he was a- if he was the one that asked Kyler to call plays. No, we had him do it. We wanted to get him, keep him involved, and um, he did a good job. It's just I would not want to play for Kyler Murray if I was the quarterback. <laughs> Jeez. So take that, quarterback. So he is pretty demanding with his play calling, I guess is what he's saying. I guess so. Uh, well, I mean, look, one has obviously had experience at quarterback and head coach, and one has only had experience as quarterback, to my knowledge. Right. And Kyler Murray's a pretty darn good quarterback, given the circumstance. And Cliff Kingsbury, with what he's done for this team in his first three years, he's done a pretty good job as head coach. Yeah. There's obviously the glaring thing with the end of the season, but for the most part, the offense is humming and hawing and... Uh, La di da, they're getting down the field, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, and they've done nothing but improve with record, right? right. I mean, they went from a three win team to a five win team to an eight win team, and they won 11 games last year. So, yeah. um, I mean, they've done nothing but improve in the standings since Cliff has taken the job and since they drafted Kyler Murray as to be their quarterback. Um, the fans are, by the way, starting to file into State Farm Stadium for the red white practice. Yeah, and and they- I bet they're all pretty. Pretty excited seeing Kyler Murray on the field right I'm now. I'm seeing a lot of one a lot of number ones. down there. I'm seeing a couple of 99 jerseys. Down. I'm seeing one dude that even has the 
The headband oh, that Kyler likes to wear. No, he, he a, looks like a spring a guy with Kyler a down there. Nick Bosa jersey just walked oh, in here. Who let him in? What are you doing, man? I'm seeing a few Pat what Tillman jerseys. That's Ooh, pretty cool. This one, this one guy got a Kyler jersey on and the uh, ninja headband <laughs> that Kyler likes to wear. Uh, I dig that. I think um, somebody's a big fan. But of Kyler. yeah, uh, Kyler Murray on the field right now, getting some stretching in. Um, looks like he's going to be back for the practice today. Um, so that's good. He's been out with COVID the whole week since last Saturday. So It's been a pretty long week, um, not going to lie. But yeah, with Cliff, I mean, the Cardinals have improved every year, and he's done a pretty good job, and I think, I mean, a lot of people question that contract extension that he and both Steve Kime got um, after the after the embarrassing playoff loss against the Rams. Right. Um, but I think, I mean, I think Cliff and Kyler got his extension as well. I think both of them deserve what they got. I mean, the, the team is, um, they They've improved every year, and you know, honestly, I think Cliff is taking steps too in the right direction as a head coach. I mean, before it was when he first got here, of course, like you remember, Steve Kime had to do had to hire most of his assistant staff because yeah. Cliff didn't know anybody in the in the NFL. He's just been in college the whole time. I mean, he didn't have the connections that, of course, Steve Kime has, and I think, and even in that area, they we've taken a lot of steps forward with Cliff Kingsbury. I'll say they've clearly built something. They have built something that has led to success, even though it's taken three years and you know, to this point, everybody's still got the bad taste in their mouth of how this past season ended sure. on the road and in dismal fashion, to say the least. But there is definitely a lot of optimism for this season, even before all of this negative stuff that came out this week. And I'll tell you what, number one positive is being able to see that man doing sprints down the field right now, and that's Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think that this will be a grand opportunity for Kyler to get back into a mold. And you know what? They've, they've got a football game in six days. I don't think he'll play, but it's still the idea of getting your mind ready for what is a game to game each week process. Yeah, there's still some questions. Obviously, we were talking to Tyler Drake a little bit ago, our Cardinals reporter at ArizonaSports.com, and you know, there's questions about the cornerback room, the you know, the pass rusher on the opposite side of now Marcus Golden and J.J. Watt with Chandler Jones gone. How are they going to get to the quarterback? Um, now, DeAndre Hopkins as of right now, is suspended for the first six games. I mean, right. he keeps chirping on Instagram that you know it was you know, and he said it out loud that it was that it was a mistake. It was a ma- you know, it was it was uh, an accident and everything like that. And you know, six games probably shouldn't be the suspension. But I mean, right now this team has to figure out what they're going to do and what the offense looks like without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. And honestly, I'm not saying it's a maybe the bright side of this, I should say, with DeAndre Hopkins being out for six games, is now Cliff gets the whole, he's gotten this whole training camp and the whole preseason to figure out what the offense looks like before Hopkins comes back, because last year, Hopkins gets hurt against that uh, in, that, in that Green Bay game halfway through the season, and the offense kind of didn't adjust very well after that happened. So I think it might be, if you're going to have this situation happen, I think it's better that it happens now instead of later on in the season. I agree, because if you were to find out about losing your number one receiver, say say it was today. Say it was today that we found out that DeAndre Hopkins was uh, suspended for the Osterin and everything that we found out about D-Hop that came during draft night. I agree with you that now Cliff Kingsbury has had plenty of time to prepare, 
And the, with that, the addition of Marquise Hollywood Brown, what we at first thought was going to be a second threat along with Hopkins. Right. Now he just becomes the main threat. And it's a lot more of a comfort zone for Kyler because he's obviously had that experience going back to the Oklahoma days. Plus, I mean, two fast guys on the field basically controlling the entire offense. That sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah. And with the receivers, too, I mean, you do have A.J. Green coming back. I know a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of fans were upset that A.J. Green is, you know, here again. But A.J. Green, before DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, was playing pretty well. And I think now in year two in this system, I know he said it was kind of a um, – he was kind of uncomfortable last year coming – he's only been in Cincinnati his whole career. Well, it's it's funny because last year, you know, coming in, you have to think new scenery, like it's yeah. a big change. You mentioned that, and then when he when AJ Green addressed the media earlier this week, he even admitted that he was pretty anxious going into last year's camp. Man, last year was coming into camp was anxiety was through the roof because it's just like oh, now I'm the now I'm the Z and then it's no huddle and it's like hand signals and I'm like oh shoot this just got me spinning like I'm used to lining up on the X and it's you versus him and that's what I was used to um, so I think it helped me mentally and physically to get in shape more um, and just continue to be a student of this game and um, learn in different position I think that would make Larry so great yeah, everything was different for him last year. Well, I mean, I mean think about the quarterbacks everything. he's worked with. He's worked with, if I'm not mistaken, at most two quarterbacks in his career. Some Carson Palmer, very little, and then mostly Andy Dalton. Right. And those guys are not traditional dual-threat quarterbacks to the level that Kyler Murray is. Yeah, it, it, working with Kyler had to be completely different because he's never worked with a quarterback like that before. And, I mean, just like you said, he, had, he was lining up in different places. He's only been in the city of Cincinnati. Cincinnati for what ten plus years, yeah. and now he he's in Arizona, and this team is trying to make the playoffs and everything. And I mean, so I think that's a big I think that's a big factor coming into this year is AJ Green being comfortable, and also Rondale Moore being more comfortable in this system. I mean, a rookie last year, he wasn't you know asked to do a whole lot um, with Christian Kirk here, and now Christian Kirk's gone, and Hollywood Brown's here, um, and like you said, DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss six games, and it, it, Rondale Moore is going to have to step up in a big way. I hope we see more of Rondell Moore running vertical instead of horizontally, but I mean, he's going to have to step up in the slot there. It'll be interesting to see, absolutely. It looks like a couple more guys are getting down on the field. I think I see Matt Prater is getting lined up for some kicks. I think I see Andy Lee getting some practice in with some punts. So this red and white practice, it's starting to get closer and closer to a start time. Official start time is 1.30. Cody Fincher and I keeping you company here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Until then, when we come back, you mentioned about A.J. Green lining up in a bunch of different positions. Well, there's someone else on this team that takes the cake for lining up in different positions. We'll tell you who next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Arizona Sports Saturday. Feels like what it was last year. Not too much more, not too much less. Um, I like the new name for it, though. It, I feel like it's kind of fitting. What is that new name exactly, Cody Fincher? I don't know. What is it? It's called the Starbacker. 
Ah. The star backer, Mitch Farrell, this Cody Fincher back here with you. We are live from State Farm Stadium as we're getting you ready for the red and white practice here at the Arizona Cardinals. That was Isaiah Simmons earlier this week when he was asked directly about the name of his new position, star backer, as dubbed by Vance Joseph. And what does it mean? Well... It means anything and everything. <laughs> we don't know what That's, it means. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Isaiah Simmons is very excited about the name. I think, yeah, just because it's fitting. It's a pretty cool name, Starbacker. That's my first time getting, like, a like a cool name to a, <laughs> to a position. And was this position invented for you? It's kind of invented for you, right, in a way. Yeah, um, I'll say so. It's because he gets to do everything and anything that the Cardinals ask him to do. Well, he's been working out with the safeties a lot, is what Tyler Drake was telling us earlier. Right. Um, and, but, of course, we've heard Vance Joseph in the past say that he's a linebacker. You know, I mean, maybe – are we going to see him rush the passer this year? I mean, we could. I guess we could. Um, but, I mean, Isaiah Simmons, of course, at uh, Clemson, he did everything. Right. He was a safety. He was a linebacker. He was a cornerback. And he's pretty good at all of them, yeah. too. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up most of the time. Um, I don't know I don't know if I have a preference. I mean, I guess wherever they most need him. But at safety, I mean, you have Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. I was going to say, that feels like the one place that they don't need him unless yeah. they're running nickel. Right. But then if they're running nickel, he's going to be... Like more of a slot corner spot, then yeah. wouldn't he be? And of course, you know, being a Cardinals fan myself, I know how much tight ends have burned the Cardinals defense in the past. And I feel like both Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, their strength is being able to cover those guys in open space and stay with them. Whereas some guys in the past, like Jordan Hicks, wasn't very good at it. Jordan, I mean, Jordan Hicks was smart. Jordan Hicks knew where to be, um, but. He just wasn't athletic enough and fast enough to keep up with those tight ends or receivers that linebackers are sometimes asked to cover in in in, in the middle of the field and across the field horizontally. So um, I would I would I guess maybe prefer to see him at linebacker instead of safety because I mean you have you you have a Pro Bowler already in Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. You have arguably a Pro Bowler knocking on the door in Jalen Thompson knocking on the door and knocking over dudes with full yeah. force. So I mean I I. I don't really see where the need is at safety, but I mean, I, of course, I'm not Vance Joseph, so he might see right. things that we don't. Of course, he does. But yeah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons. It seems like he's going to be everywhere, and you know, if that's what they need from him this year, then great. I think I, I've struggled with this decision a lot, and I think the answer that I'm going to come to today for right now is that I'm okay with it. And I've struggled yeah. with the decision of I'm like okay with whether or not I'm okay with them just kind of throwing him wherever and doing whatever. But quite frankly, like this team is so strapped thin depth wise, I'm yeah. kind of okay with him if he needs to peel off of the linebacker spot to give you know Jalen Thompson or Buda Baker a breather sure. or to line up in the nickel as that fifth guy as a slot corner. Like whatever they need him to do at this point. 
He's capable of doing it. It's just that he's not performed at the level that is expected of him when he's been put in a position to perform. I think the one thing you can rely on in this, though, is that he can do it. He can play safety. He can play some corner if he has to. He can rush the pass, rush the passer if they need him to. This isn't exactly the situation where you know Rodney Hudson was missing from minicamp and all that, and their their backup option was Justin Pugh sliding right. over to play center for the first time in his life. You know, this is stuff Isaiah Simmons has done before, and it's something that he he has been good at doing before in college, especially. But so that's why I'm okay with it. I, I, if this was like if this was asking Zayvon Collins to go out and play some safety <laughs> or something, yeah. that would be different. You know, Isaiah Simmons is able to do this stuff. I tell you what, we have the rosters in front of us. They were provided to us today. Uh, on here, Isaiah Simmons is listed as a linebacker. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's yeah. just how the team lists yeah. him. Flip it over and he's a safety. Does what do you say know? SB? I don't know. For <laughs> star backer. Simmons was asked the difficulty of learning a bunch of different spots on the field. As hard as it makes it, like, as hard as it seems, it actually is kind of makes things easier because then I know what everybody's doing and um, I know where like all the help is know where people are going to be supposed to be and when they're not supposed to be there um, I understand all that and, it, and I think it's really beneficial because then I can also help guys when we're not you know maybe in, like we're in like a regular package and you know things are I can I can help guys even though because it's the same position basically. See, that's interesting to me too because if he had struggled so much in one position and then he's going to turn around and help somebody in same position like I trust him to learn his spot and be good at it enough to teach somebody else but it's really interesting that he would go there so quickly when he struggled so much in one spot yeah. already in the first two years that he's played with this team yeah it almost is like are you asking him to do too much too soon because I mean, what, what's he year three now? This is year three for so, him. So I mean, he's been doing this stuff all along, but I don't know. It, it's just I'd rather. I think I maybe I I said I didn't have a preface before, but maybe I do. I I would rather see him mostly at linebacker, but I'm okay with if he has to go play safety every once in a while for some reason. I'll tell you what. When he was off the edge, he was getting a lot of sacks. He was getting a lot of off-the-edge opportunities when he blitz. Like They need pass rushing help, don't they? He's quick. He's twitchy. That's the stuff that he can do. I think with Simmons, we have to be patient. But we can't be too patient because there's one big deadline looming after this season, and that's whether or not the Cardinals will give him the fifth-year option. Right. So... My hope is is that he plays well enough to either not only earn that fifth-year option, but get that first extension off of the rookie deal. That's what I want from Isaiah Simmons, because he is too good of a talent to just let walk away after yeah, four years. I, I don't have a concern with, with that. Um, I think he'll be here for a while, um, but... Let's just let's just go super negative. If he's not, that's another first round pick that hasn't gotten that extension or hasn't worked out. And that's just I don't think Isaiah Simmons is trending towards that. I think he's progressing, and I think that's why they want him to do a little bit more. Because I mean, to be honest, let's go again. That's what he did best in college at Clemson. He was that Swiss Army knife. He could play multiple positions if they needed him to, and they needed him to. I mean, let's go. Let's go back to the most recent example of the. 
the Cardinals doing this. They drafted Hassan Reddick, yeah, who was a darn good edge rusher, but moved into the middle linebacker. Even remember the circumstances; he was kind of considered the consolation prize because the Chiefs traded ahead of the Cardinals to get Patrick Mahomes, and then the Texans traded ahead of the Cardinals to get Deshaun Watson. Right, like that was that was that quarterback draft. And then here you are with this Reddick kid, and you immediately want to put him in the middle because, oh, well, we have Chandler Jones, and he's a really good edge rusher. We need a middle linebacker, yeah. It, and then look what it's produced now. Yeah. Hassan Reddick has a great final season in Arizona after they denied the fifth-year option because he was playing off the edge. Goes to Carolina on a prove-it deal, plays very well off the edge, even at two sacks against the Cardinals when the Panthers played him this past year. And now he's turned that into a three-year deal with Philadelphia, who is coming off of a playoff season. Yep. Whether they'll play at that level again, I don't know. But he went. He proved himself. That's a huge miss. And to just let him go, it's just your head is spinning. I'd like to see what Isaiah Simmons has on the edge because I mean, face it, the Cardinals outside of Marcus Golden. They have a lot of young guys that need to step up and produce on the other side of, of Golden, brushing the passer. I mean, I guess we'll see what Zach Allen has. Um, I mean, the two rookies they drafted, Cam Thomas and Myjay Sanders, those guys are they are going to get a plenty of opportunities as well, especially here with the preseason about to start. Um, but maybe, maybe they do give... Isaiah Simmons, some of those looks off the edge. Maybe they gave they give Zayvon Collins a little bit of that too in some plays and some packages. I don't know, but I guess it depends on what they want Zayvon Collins to be. But I mean, I, I I think that's that's one of their more pressing needs on defense outside of cornerback is pass rush. How are they going to replace an All Pro guy in Chandler Jones? We are live from State Farm Stadium as we're getting you ready for the red and white practice here for the Arizona Cardinals. And in case you've missed the news, Kyler Murray is back. He was on the field doing warm-ups earlier today. Whether or not he will practice, we do not know yet. But he is here. He's in the building, cleared from his COVID protocols. So Kyler Murray will be here today for the red and white practice, which is huge for this team. Coming up next, we'll turn back to baseball real quick because, as we mentioned, MLB trade deadline has come and passed. And man, oh man. This NL West starting to feel like a different division in the majors. We'll tell you which one next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. We are live from State Farm Stadium here in Glendale, Arizona. Getting you ready for the Cardinals' red and white practice, which is now just about an hour away from starting. Official start time, 1.30. And if you were hoping to go, hoping to get tickets to go, uh, I'm sorry, you can't because it is sold out. So I'm here, Mitch Vareldis, along with Cody Fincher, filling in for Steve Zinsmeister today. We're here. Fans are filing in. The Cardinals are here. Most importantly, Kyler Murray is here today. That was a big development that we found out about a half hour ago. So it'll be interesting to see how this practice goes about. But I wanted to take a quick pivot and talk about the trade deadline from the Diamondbacks' perspective, but not for what they did, but what their division rival did. Juan Soto and Josh Bell getting traded to San Diego out of D.C. for... I mean, the the best Hall of Prospects I've seen in a long time going back to Washington. There are, there are people that are calling this the biggest trade in MLB history. Like, just in terms of 
players being moved? How many right. players are, were moved to different places? Significant, significant level players, excuse me. So that led to the tease of the NOS is starting to become like a different division. Well, what division is that? There's only five other options it could be. And the answer is the American League East. Now let me explain. The Yankees and the Red Sox will spend money every single year. We know that. Toronto is trying to keep up. They're kind of in the middle. They're kind of like the Giants, but you know they have a lot more young and exciting talent, and they're spending money on some key players to fill some spots. The Orioles are there. They are, they're slowly rebuilding. They're playing a lot better this year with a lot of the guys they want to be on their future squad. And then there's the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Rays, year after year, find a way to stay competitive and win with a budget or a salary, rather, of like less than $100 million. I don't know how they do it. And the reason for their success, I believe, personally, is that they draft so darn well. And they use the international market so darn well. When you don't have money, the best way that you can succeed is by doing the other things best. And that's drafting, scouting, and making sure that you get good young players on cheaper deals to develop your team. Yeah. And my argument today is, Cody, that the Diamondbacks need to be the Rays from here on out. Because it's not going to get a lot easier going against these Padres juggernaut and, the, of course, the Dodgers juggernaut. Uh-huh. I... I just don't know if you can wake up one day and decide to be the Tampa Bay Rays. That that's I mean, I'm not saying the D backs are doing that like, you know, Derek Hall and Mike. Rolled out of bed up, and like, yeah, like, you know, you know what? what? Let's do be the Rays. Let's you know? draft a bunch. That's not how you do things at all in professional sports, no. but the Rays have been doing it for so long and so many of their guys, like their front office guys, have turned what they've done in Tampa into bigger role. Andrew Friedman, who runs the Dodgers, was in Tampa Bay. He right. ran the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, it's just, it's so hard. You have to have, like you said, great scouting and more importantly, great player development. Yes. And that's what the Tampa Bay Rays have been the best at and drafting as well. And Honestly, like I think Mike Hazen and his and his staff, they've got one of those things down, drafting. I think they've been pretty good at drafting. And they were good at drafting when they were in Boston. Him right. and uh, Hazen and, and Amiel Sade were the ones who drafted, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts. They those were the guys that they drafted for the Boston Red Sox. And I mean, we're starting to see that now, I think, with, you know, Dalton Varsho was draft. I mean, the only one that really hasn't worked out so far has been Paven Smith, who right. was sent down this year back to AAA, and he, of course, hurt his wrist, and he's been out ever since then. Just unlucky circumstances. Yeah. And I think Paven Smith can be a good hitter. It's just, they just don't know where they want him to play yet. Is it first base? Is it right field? I mean, they had him playing in center field last year, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, but you've seen a lot of younger guys that they have drafted starting to blossom in the minor leagues. I mean, Alec Thomas is now in the major leagues, and he's playing really well. And he, I think he get, has the chance to be a really, really good center fielder in the major leagues. Corbin Carroll is dominating the minor leagues. Um, 
I mean, and now and you have to think about their not so immediate future too. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how soon Jordan Lawler can make it to the big Jordan leagues. Jordan Lawler looks like he's if he can stay healthy, it looks like he's going to be a really good player. I mean, I mean, Drew Jones they just drafted. He's injured already. He hurt his shoulder. And that's first, a recurring thing yeah, that needs to shoulder stop, by the injuries way. for these D backs prospects need to need to stop that specifically first rounders. Yeah, too. Like, um, and then the, the pitching. I mean, Brandon Fat, uh, Dre Jameson, Tommy Henry's now made his major league debut. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake and Zach Allen Blake is going to lead them the whole way along with Merrill yeah. Kelly. So I mean, a lot of those guys are starting to play well and 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 emerge and and rise up in the minor leagues. But I think I think they are taking that approach. I don't see the Diamondbacks spending big on a free agent anytime soon. Because I mean, let's let's be honest. The last time that they spent big on a free agent, it's it's burnt them. Madison yeah. Bumgarner has not lived up to the expectations yeah, of has. his contract, and it's really been a detriment to trying to reinforce the rest of the roster, yeah. depth wise. Now, to your point, and this is where the Rays have succeeded is their young talent that they've brought up and put together and had a team. The only downside to everything of that process is that eventually, and I hate to look even further down the road than what we're trying to do, is that you have to move off of them. You have to trade them because you can't afford to keep them. Now, if the Diamondbacks could find a way to marry the two together, if they could find a way to not only draft well, which we are seeing, and then find a way to sign them to contracts to the level of... uh, Tampa Bay signed Wander Franco to like a $200 million deal, but it's spread out over 12 years. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Pirates signed Brian Hayes to a 10-year deal but it or it, with $160 million, but it's spread out over 10 years. Like, get those contracts of the players that you know you want to be a part of your team done now mm-hmm. so that in the future you can be set for a few years to go. And I think what... what uh what this does, what having a good farm system can do, it can do two things for your team. Okay. And the Diamondbacks now have a highly touted farm system. They, they are always in the top 10 in the rankings of Baseball America, Pipeline, whatever. Here's what having a good farm system like that does. It allows you, one, to build your major league roster with guys like Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, other guys like that. But... If you're, if you have like a, like the Diamondbacks have a really, it's almost I, I hate to call it a backlog because you know depth, but they have a lot of outfielders in the minor leagues. They do. They have a lot, and now Dalton Varsho seems like he's going to be an outfielder forever. Maybe not. I don't know. But well, it seems it, like it depends on how Carson Kelly it plays. It seems like they're going to have. They want Dalton Varsho to be an outfielder. So they have guys. And you're not trading Corbin Carroll. You're not trading Alec Thomas. No. But they have guys like Dominic Fletcher, Dominic Kenzone, and and other guys like that who they can now trade, who can be in trade packages to get major league talent. That's what Good Farms and Mike Hazen has said that on record. Right. You don't. You don't just want to have a, a good farm system and say, hey, I have the best farm system. You have to use it to, one, like I said, build your team with your top prospects. Hopefully they can be core members of your major league squad. But you also use those minor leaguers to acquire major league talent and trades. Right. And I think eventually we'll see the Diamondbacks do that. I don't think it's going to be any – not in the next year, maybe not, because they're still kind of b- building up and, and rebuilding this team. Mm-hmm. They're 47 and 58. 
98 right now. Um, they're not really close to a wild card spot. But if there's a guy that they can go out and get that has control, that has team control for the next few years, I can see them totally going out and getting and trading a, a minor leaguer or two for one of those guys. They did it before the 2020 season. I was going to say, but that bit them too, in a sense, because they traded to get Starling Marte. They traded away prospects that aren't making a massive impact right now. I mean, Leo Verpiguero got a couple of opportunities up with the big league club earlier this year, but he's not there permanently. So yeah. you have to be careful when making these trades because I, it's got to work for the big league team, and I it think, did not work for the 2020 team. I think COVID was a big part of that, too, and the, and the cancellation of so many games and... You know, the money that came with that, the lost ticket mm-hmm. sales, the lost revenue from losing all those games, I think really hurt the team. And I think that's why you saw the Mike Hazen and, and company trade away guys like Starley Marte and Robbie Ray and Archie Bradley yeah. because they weren't going to be able to pay those guys next year. So at that point, you kind of just had to get what you could, and it didn't really work out. A lot of those guys aren't even here anymore that they got for all those players they traded away in 2020. But I think I think now it's different because things are seemingly getting back to normal, and this, at least with sports in general, anyway. And I mean, I'm not saying this team should go out and trade for somebody right now. I mean, they're 11 games under 500. They're they're not knocking on the door of a wild card series or not. So, not yet. Not yet. Um, but if they really show some improvement next year, I think you could see some of those moves being made. All right, coming up next, we will close out this edition of Arizona Sports Saturday live from State Farm Stadium in Glendale. Get you ready for this red and white practice for the Arizona Cardinals with our final thoughts next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Arizona Sports Saturday. Wrapping things up here on Arizona Sports Saturday, live from State Farm Stadium as we are... About 45 minutes away, according to the in-stadium clock, for the start of this red and white practice here for the Arizona Cardinals. Mitch Varel, this Cody Fincher here with you. Let's give you a couple of updates real quick because Cliff Kingsbury just spoke with the media moments ago. As we mentioned at the top of the hour, or rather the bottom of the first hour, Kyler Murray was back today. Or I should say he is back today. Kyler Murray was getting some stretching in as we were doing one of the latter segments within the first hour. Sounds like today he's not going to be doing too much during the red and white practice, however, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. From our own Tyler Drake, he says it'll be a, quote, a minimum football-wise, end quote, for Kyler Murray today in terms of work. You okay with that? I think that's Yeah, fine. I get it. I mean, he's missed a week, and he's coming off of an illness. This member COVID is an illness, so yes. we, we don't really know how he was feeling during his time off. Maybe he was not feeling so good. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I don't, I'm don't. i guessing he won't do much practicing. Um, I'm, I just saw Marquise Hollywood Brown trot onto the field. No mm-hmm. pads. No pads. I don't um, think he's going to so be working he today probably either. won't be doing much today. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, Kyler, it's just good to have him back. Um, I mean, these are valuable. I mean, he has. He, let's be honest. He has been in the system now for three years. Yes. Um. So it's not like he's trying to learn anything super new, but 
these these reps are valuable that you get in training camp. I mean, he's got Gary. he's got new guys. I mean, he hasn't thrown a pass to Hollywood Brown since they were in college. So true. I mean, I'm sure he works out with him a lot, but yeah. on an actual we NFL were hearing, they were working out in Dallas. Yeah, but yeah, in but an like NFL game. NFL field and NFL game type situation. He hasn't thrown him a pass before. So I mean, and you got Max Williams coming back. You have rookies that you trade McBride and all that stuff. You need to get get on the same page with and everything. And of course, we all know the relationship of AJ Green. You know they want to yeah. get on the same page better this year. So I mean, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Yeah, and this is the perfect time to do it. And yes, you're kind of you can be bummed that Kyler Murray's not going to be getting a ton of work in today, but he's here and he's going to be close enough with the team, and he'll get plenty of opportunities today. Other stuff from head coach Cliff Kingsbury, uh, as our Tyler Drake just tweeted it out. Cliff said that it quote could be any day end quote for Rodney Hudson to return from his knee issue when asked how long he expects the center to be out. And I also saw cornerback Marco Wilson could be back from injury on Monday, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. So a couple of injuries they're still trying well, to work and through. Marco Wilson, it sounds like, needs to get as much reps as he can because, I, again, I don't want to say that Cliff called out Marco Wilson in that soundbite we played or soundbite we heard earlier. I mean, he, he said but, that the jury is still out. Yeah, like, that so, seems like a call out to me. And I mean, for Cliff, yeah, it is. Because Cliff doesn't do that. Cliff doesn't, in front of the media anyway, Cliff doesn't name names and point fingers. And so that's as much as I've ever heard Cliff Kingsbury address a player's performance. So yeah, A lot of grabbing, holding going on out there. We, we don't want to get guys injured. and We want to play by the rules, particularly with the refs out here. I mean, we got to start tightening things up. You saw a bunch of flags, and we knew, as always, that's the case the first day that the um, NFL refs, they're working on their game, too. But uh, we got to clean up a lot of things. I, I think that's a position that where guys got to step up, um, really like some of the veterans we have, a different positions on defense. Murphy's really come a long way. Marco, um, you know, we, we want him to step up and, and be an every-down starter, but we'll see. I think the jury's still out. And, uh, the rest of those young guys, somebody's got to step up and, and help us out. Now, I got a text <laughs> from Lorenzo Alexander earlier when we were talking about Marco Wilson and Cliff Kingsbury's comments, and he hypothesizes that he just wants Marco to avoid the sophomore slump. And I can totally agree with that and understand Zoe's point. The problem is, is that this cornerback room is very, very thin, so there's already the added pressure as it is for Marco to perform. He got put into a starting role last season when he beat out Malcolm Butler, and that whole weird thing that I don't know place. if beat out is the right word. Malcolm Butler well, retired. Yeah. I don't know. There's questions with that. So yeah, I get it. You want to avoid the sophomore slump, but at the same time, like you still need to perform to the level that you're expected to. Yeah. And this was a guy that, you know, whether you look at, it, at this as a reason as to why your draft stock should be hurt or not, is mostly remembered for taking off some dude's shoe. <laughs> like, that's, chucking it across the field. That's how most people associate Marco Wilson. I forget that was Marco Wilson. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that room definitely, they need to find out who's... Who's gonna be the like you know the guy right the the guy in that room? I mean, right now I think it's Byron Murphy. He's the leader, and I'll take it as but, Byron Murphy. But, that works for me. I mean, I would think that it's been in the past that they've liked Byron Murphy in the slot more as a slot corner. So who is I it? I mean, that he's good at the slot the out- too. Yeah, he is. But so is he just strictly gonna be outside now with this the lack of bodies they have in that corner room? Um, 
I, it just I, I don't know if maybe a, uh, if they want to bring Robert Alford back during camp. I don't know, but yes, I, I guess according to Gambo, um, it's not. It doesn't even sound like Robert Alford wants to play football anymore. So oh the jury, the jury well, is probably honestly, out with him. With Robert Alford, I mean, I'm sure he loves the game still, but I don't really blame him. He just he. He can't stay healthy, and I would hate I would hate going through all those injuries too, and constantly getting hurt. You know, like it's right. kind of the thing with they're not the same player by any standard. But Andrew Luck, he was tired of getting injured. Yeah, I'm tired of having surgeries. I'm tired of it, and you know, it's just you got to think about your family and 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 your life after football. You really want to keep coming back and just keep getting injured and just killing your body only to get injured over and over it again. It takes a toll on you after yeah. a while. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I'm reading a tweet just now from Tyler Dre. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury, Kyler Murray's red-white practice workload. Quote, we'll see how he feels. If he does anything, it'll be minimal football-wise. I know he's going to run and lift and just try to get rolling again. So, we so hopefully if you're see, driving and you don't get upset. As well, he just ran out on the field right now. He's getting the pads, cheers now. So. He's easy to identify, too, because he's one of the few players wearing a black jersey. All of the course, quarterbacks. Designates the quarterback room. I see Colt McCoy. I see Trace McSorley. Yeah. Jarek Guantarno. Um, it's going to be a fun day either way. As we see, Kyler like I Murray. said earlier, the red and white practice for Cardinals fans, it's like the unofficial official start of football season. Yeah. Because it's the first time you really get to see these guys go through what looks like something like resembling an NFL game. And it's just, it's fun. I'm glad that uh, football's back. I see James Conner on the field right now. He's see in his coach pads. Kingsbury as well. Oh, that's another point we should make is that Kyler Murray is wearing pads. He is wearing pads. So he will He's get got some his reps helmet. today. Let's go. We'll see how much he gets of it, though. But yeah. that is a positive sign to see him out there in pads. It, it definitely is. I mean, you, you just... It's kind of just been this whirlwind for Kyler Murray, right? I mean, early on this year, he scrubs his Instagram account. He wants a new contract. He's got two years left on his deal. They finally signed him to that massive extension. And then he gets COVID right after that when training camp starts. It's a it's rough like, slide. Can, can the Cardinals catch a break with all this stuff? I mean, man. They definitely need a break. It's been a long week, but today should be very, very exciting. Fans continuing to file in for this red and white practice here at State Farm Stadium. It was awesome. Thanks so much for the Cardinals for having us out there. Thank you, Cody Fincher.